This is the multi-voice text-to-speech podfic reading of How Wonderful Life Is, Now You're in My World, by Neon Domino. Sirius hardens his gaze as he steps into the ring of large marguerite flowers. Wizards and witches don't have magic that can affect nature this way. Whilst they can make flowers grow, they can't make them in such a perfect ring, with colors so vibrant, nor could they leave the same tingle of magic from the fey world. No, their magic feels different on the skin. They all knew that this circle was sent by the fae. The mortal realm had ventured a little further into the forest and had chopped what had turned out to be a sacred tree and the fae have not taken kindly to the intrusion and the destruction. The flowers are a clear message, having changed from the original ring once the letter inside had been removed. He's heard the city council that's made up of the lords of the land talking about it, scared. Fae are powerful and dangerous and the humans have broken the fragile peace treaty, and the humans want nothing more than to fix this and live in peace. They've fought against the Fae once, and they lost. The current message with the flowers is clear. I come soon. Sirius read about the flowers in his lessons. They're forced to study them to know all of the types, and they're told to learn the meanings. Messages could come from the Fae world at any time, appearing anywhere and those that encounter the messages need to be aware and alert the city council immediately. But the flowers were seen and a message was received and a meeting was held, and then Sirius's life was turned upside down. They want you. His mother had informed him only an hour ago. They want you as an offering. He would have run, but eyes were on him as he said his goodbyes. There wasn't enough time before he was brought to the circle once more. He feels the pull as the circle takes him away. The last thing he saw was his brother reaching for him, clearly wanting Sirius to stay. They both knew it was fruitless to even ask. Mother had sacrificed him. Not out of her kindness or love for the city. No, it would be because the city would now owe her and their family for the sacrifice of the son she didn't even want. The king would hear about this, no doubt. Their titles would be elevated as the ones who had prevented a war. Sirius knows he's just a pawn in a larger game when it comes to their family. He hits the ground, hands landing on the grass, and he finds himself in a new circle of flowers. Tansy this time. He knows this one too. Hostility. War. This is the first circle that arrived in their city this morning, along with a message which requested him. Why him? He doesn't know how the Fae even know who he is, but they somehow do. The Fae King himself had demanded Sirius by name, and Walburga had accepted. There's a murmur around him in a language he doesn't quite understand. It's almost a tinkling of soft chimes and suddenly a hand reaches down towards him. Sirius wants to tell the owner of the hand to go away, to leave him alone, but he bites his tongue. He's probably already made a bad impression and he reminds himself that this will keep Regulus safe. Fuck the rest of his city. This is for his little brother. He takes the offered hand, remembering his many lessons on the Fae folk. Do not thank them because that'll mean that they've done something for you and you owe them. Do not thank them. He's on his feet before he looks towards the man who had helped him up. Tall with tawny wavy hair that almost shimmers, and amber eyes, the fae before him is more beautiful than any being he's ever laid eyes on in his whole existence. Next to him, Sirius feels plain. I bring this from the council, he says, holding out a sealed envelope with his own family crest on the front.
probably accepting whatever terms the Fae had set in their own letter. The Fae's eyes move down to the envelope, and he takes it with long fingers and examines it, fingers moving over the seal briefly. Curious eyes move up to meet his, before the Fae opens the envelope. He shakes it out, eyes moving over the words before his gaze darts to Sirius once more, more assessing, sharper, this time, and with a mere sweep of his hand, everyone else in the room leaves, casting curious looks Sirius's way. The doors quickly shut behind them and Amber eyes find Sirius once more. The Fae walks around the circle of flowers, eyes fixed on Sirius. If his worth is being judged, he's going to be so very lacking in the face of this handsome Fae who he suspects must be the king, but he doesn't voice this concern. He waits to see what the other man has to say first. The tansy fade as the Fae walks, removing the circle, and when he comes to a stop, Orange roses sprout at the man's feet, and Sirius swallows nervously. Desire. Okay. Okay, he can handle this. He's here as an offering and he's not sure what that entails, but it could be worse. It could be Regulus sent here instead. Regulus who is barely eighteen, who isn't strong enough for this situation. Who has a head on his shoulders more suited to take father's place on the council when that time comes. Sirius has been primed for marriage to a good family, maybe even the royal family, in hopes of raising the family's social standing. Sirius had dreamt of running away. This is sort of freedom, right? I accept, the Fae murmurs, his voice like honey, warm and delicious as he pushes the letter out of sight somewhere in his fine clothes. Come. He watches Sirius for a moment before turning and leading the way across the room to the throne. Sirius stops a few feet from the throne and drops down to his knee. A good place to start, he tells himself, with pledging his loyalty to this new king. If they get off on a good start, maybe his life here won't be horrible. Maybe he can be useful. Befriend the handsome king with beautiful eyes. The king watches him for a long moment, and the seconds pass, before the fae approaches once more, guiding Sirius's face up so their eyes can lock. You're mine now, as agree, he murmurs. Tand, let me see how beautiful you are. You want to be here, don't you? Yeah, yes. Sirius stammers as he gets back on his feet, and the king hums softly, pleased as he walks around Sirius once more, flowers growing with each step through the cracks in the floor. Sirius glances around, taking in the room of the castle. There are many areas missing flooring with flowers sprouting up, mushrooms and other plants. The throne has various flowers sprouting off vines that wrap around it, and there are no lanterns, only specks of magical lights floating up the room and it's beautiful. The man stops behind Sirius, and fingers gently rest on his shoulders, moving forward to untie his cloak. Before Sirius can say anything, the cloak hits the ground, leaving him standing there in his finest clothing, and the taller man leans closer, lips brushing over Sirius's ear. We were on the verge of war, he murmurs. For 112 years, we've been at peace with your kingdom, forgiving the slights of the humans that cross the border when they're not to do so, that trample into our fairy rings and steal from us. I did not want a war. I overlooked the small slights from humans, because we know that humans are not. He trails off, as though his words will offend Sirius. But then they ventured far and deep, attacking a tree that is sacred to us and we had little choice. He nips at Sirius's ear softly, and Sirius shivers. 
You, my beautiful human, you make the perfect peace treaty. Sirius nods. He's the offering. He knows this, but why is the Fae tempting him like this? Another nip and it feels good and Sirius tries to focus on the man with him rather than the fingers lightly dancing across his shoulders and across his upper back. And you, the Fae continues. You're here, willing to unite our kingdoms. Lips move, brushing the curve of his neck, causing Sirius to suck in a needy breath because he has kissed several women in the past and felt nothing, but now. A man is kissing him and Sirius has never felt like this before, and he has no idea what to do with himself. Humans are presumptuous, thinking that sending over someone as beautiful as you to tempt me will work, but I have to admit that I am so very tempted by you, my little human. I asked for something valuable and beautiful and they did not disappoint. My name is... Sirius starts, but trails off. You can freely give your name, the Fae murmurs. Another kiss against his skin. I will not take it or keep it or whatever you fear will happen with it, and no one else here would even dare to think of doing that. You are safe and protected here. You. But don't you know my name? The king asked for him by name. Shouldn't he know? The man stops and Sirius hears a crinkle of parchment. Ah, yes, it's in the letter. Lord Sirius, a beautiful star in the sky, and a beautiful star for me to keep, to worship, to... But, Sirius starts, trailing off. Shit. Fae-like manners, they think that those in the human world are rude and disrespectful, and he's interrupted. I'm sorry for my interruption, he quickly murmurs. It's quite all right, my dearest, the Fae whispers as his lips run over Sirius's neck again, moving down until his lips find material. Too many clothes for my liking. Long fingers move up, turning Sirius's head and lips brush his. Sirius has never enjoyed a kiss before, but this man's lips on his sets him ablaze and he can't resist kissing the king back with a desperation he has never felt prior to this moment. Fingers fumble with the buttons of his shirt, and Sirius feels a wave of panic. He doesn't even know this man's name, and they're about to. He's not quite sure. A few minutes ago, he didn't even know that two men could do what he was told only happens between a man and a woman though it feels more natural to him than anything. You're shaking, the face suddenly says, his hands dropping as he steps back. What is wrong? No, nothing, Sirius whispers, the lie obvious to the both of them, and the Fae frowns deeply. Humans are able to lie so easily. Your kind believe us to be deceitful, but you are the ones who can tell me nothing is wrong when something so clearly is. We do not lie in this court, and whilst I will accept that you are only human and it is in your nature, when it is something as big as this, you will tell the truth. His voice is quiet, but Sirius can hear the power in it. This man can command a kingdom without raising his voice, Sirius suspects. Sirius nods, gaze dropping. He swallows heavily. I'm sorry. Fingers lift Sirius's chin up so their eyes meet. I do not mean to be harsh with you. I do not know how to, how to handle humans, he murmurs. We will both learn, but someone shaking with what I hope is desire, but what I worry might be fear as I attempt to undress them is something that must be out in the open because I do not want to hurt you, despite what you may have heard of us, of me. I. Sirius pauses. We. No. That's not it. 
I've always been told that men do not kiss other men. He finally says. But I. I want you to kiss me again. Men can kiss other men. The king informs him, a twitch at the corner of his lips. As long as everyone is of age and consenting, why should people restrict us? I. I don't even know your name. What is my purpose here? What? What is about to happen between us? Sirius blurts out, eyes darting between the king's amber eyes. I feel so very lost. He's scared of the king's reaction, but surely the other man will appreciate Sirius's honesty? Oh, the king's word is just a whisper, almost an exhale of breath. You do not know what was in that letter. Fury flashes over the king's face for a moment, and Sirius steps back, scared. As quickly as it appeared, it fades and the king moves into his space once more, reaching for his hand, a gentle expression on his face as he looks back at Sirius. He's not crowding Sirius. He's simply staying close, being gentle and kind and making Sirius's heart race. I am angry, but not at you, the king assures him. For you, they sent you here, allowing me to believe that you knew and had accepted. I asked if you wanted to be here, and I was unaware that you didn't understand what that meant. I thought you were consenting to everything in that letter, but I should have asked more clearly. I'm sorry. He steps away, taking Sirius's hand so Sirius follows, and leads them to one of the patches of grass, sinking down. Sirius sits down, eyes on the king. Remus. King Remus, but you do not need formalities, because they sent you to marry me, to unite the kingdoms in hope to earn forgiveness. Remus tells him. I did not request you or ask for you. Or any of this. I told them that they have hurt something irreplaceable. I stated that they must offer something valuable and beautiful or... Remus trails off once more. I was curious as to what they would deem worthy. Whether the humans would try and trick us or offer us useless, pretty stones. When you handed over the envelope, I assumed it would be deeds to the nearby woods or the abandoned farm because what else could be in an envelope? And you just got me instead. Serious jokes. I did, and there is no price that can be put on another life, but, what do the deeds matter in the slightest when you have been offered? I don't think anything could be more beautiful or valuable. They said in the letter that you offered, but you did not. Mother. She told me to collect my stuff. She. Led me to believe I was asked for by name. I. I could have run, but if war broke out. I have a little brother and I didn't want him to get hurt. Sirius tries not to focus on the compliment in Remus's words, but it's hard. Remus finds him beautiful. He likes hearing these words from Remus's lips. So you, accepted that you would have to come here, with no idea what would be expected of you, simply to protect your brother. Remus's voice is softer now and he's looking at Sirius in awe. We could have tortured you or imprisoned you. Kept you as, as a pet. We could have taken your life as quickly as you walked into that circle. Would you? Sirius can't help but ask. We would never hurt anyone in any of those ways. Remus confirms. But you wouldn't have known that, yet you put yourself in potential harm's way to protect someone you love. Sirius nods. I'm not in danger here. He checks. I am the king and I will never let anyone harm you. Remus promises, his voice soft. But we will need to discuss this. I can refuse you as a gift, send you back. I can make it clear I do not expect another person. I will give you this chance to walk away. 
Sirius hesitates. He could go back, but he'd be seen as a failure. His mother would disown him, and... How can he walk away and forget that kiss or Remus's fingers on his skin, or the way Remus looks at him like nothing else matters in this moment? That kiss. Perhaps Remus wouldn't be against another one. He's shy as he gets onto his knees, shuffling forward, eyes locked with Remus's. Remus just watches, but there's a slight curve of his lips as though he's anticipating Sirius's next move, and it's not until Sirius is leaning in, his lips seeking Remus's, do hands reach up, pulling him closer, onto Remus's lap. I don't know how to do this, Sirius whispers. He knows how to kiss, but little else, but Remus doesn't seem worried by this information. He twists so Sirius is on the ground, looking up at him. The movement is gentle, careful and Sirius feels safe, though his heart is hammering against his chest. He doesn't want to move. That is not anything to worry about. I want the truth. Do you want this? All of this? Do you want to remain here, and be the one to unite the kingdoms? To be my husband, my lover? Sirius nods confidently. To be worshipped for the rest of your life, to be adored, cherished. Remus's words are softer. To be loved. Please. Sirius whispers, warmth spreading through him, desire overwhelming him. His dark curls are a mess across the warm grass. Tell me what you want, Remus demands. I need you to say the words so I know that you understand what you're agreeing to this time. No. You tell me. Sirius insists, voice shaking. Do you want me to stay because you want me, or do you only want me for some sort of alliance? I want to be more than an agreement, Remus. I deserve to be more. Remus smiles. If I did not want you, I wouldn't waste my time, I'd have sent you back immediately and sought what I thought my kingdom due. But I do desire you, I do not want you to return. I offered to let you go back because I do not want someone to be forced to be here. I want someone who is here willingly. Someone who desires this too. He reaches out, stroking his hand down Sirius's jaw. I would very much like this to be the start of something real. Please stay, if, if you want to, that is. I, I desire this. You, Sirius admits. I, I would like to stay. If it's, I want, I want to stay. I want you to always look at me like this. Remus's gaze drifts down his body, and the other man smiles slowly, wickedly. Consent, my love, and I will worship you right here where you lay. I will make you mine. Only if you become mine too, Sirius replies boldly. He likes how Remus is looking at him. It fills him with a need he's certain he's never even come close to feeling, and perhaps won't feel again with anyone else. He belongs here. I will be yours too. Only yours, the king insists. I will keep you safe, protected. I will teach you what men do with each other over and over again for the rest of our lives. I'll show you every inch of this land, of all worlds we have access to, and you'll never be bored or want for anything. We have, we have a beautiful library if you want to see it. It's my favorite place in the whole kingdom. Can you show me now? Sirius asks, cheeks reddening. The library. Remus asks, cocking his head slightly, but Sirius shakes his head. No, I want you to teach me, he replies. Remus, my Remus, whatever bond needs to be completed, show me. I want you. 
He pauses. The library is Remus's favorite place, and he wants to know everything about his lover. The library later, I want to see the joy the place brings to you. After this brings you joy, of course. Remus merely nods, before leaning in once more. If Sirius thought the earlier kiss set him ablaze, this one has him burning as Remus possessively captures Sirius's lips, fingers dancing down his shirt as buttons are opened. Remus pulls the shirt off him, only whispers of consent shared between them as Sirius bravely reaches for Remus's loosely fitting shirt, pulling it gently over his head. I'm yours to touch, Remus insists, wings fluttering behind him, reminding Sirius of a dragonfly. You are wondering where the wings were earlier. He's clearly able to read Sirius's curious expression. Sirius nods. We, when you arrived, I, humans lash out at those who are different, and I did not want more cause for war. I hid my wings, I hid the scars I carry. Not to deceive, but to comfort. Wings are hard to keep hidden because of the constant movement. I dropped the magic that hides them in the hope that you reacted positively. Scars? Sirius asks, his fingers reaching out and brushing the nearest wing softly, causing Remus to let out a gasp of breath, looking a little dazed at the touch. Scars? Remus echoes, snapping out of his desire for a moment. His hand brushes against his face, causing whatever glamour that sits on it to fade away. He reveals two scars crossing down his face, through his eyebrow, barely missing the top of his eye. They follow over his nose, catching the corner of his lip. He might be even more beautiful with the scars, but when Sirius meets his eyes again, Remus looks a little nervous, scared of Sirius's reaction. Like Sirius is seeing someone behind the kingly act that the man shows. Not all wars happen with humans, but I assure you we are not currently at war. He wants to see more of this Remus, who isn't the king, but who is his? Well, who'll be his lover? His husband. He wants to know Remus like no one else ever has. Though someone has already known him intimately. Because Remus knows what he's doing and Sirius isn't jealous at all. Though he pushes away the certainly not jealousy feelings that are trying to rise, and focuses on Remus instead, on the scars that litter his torso. I. I prefer you without hiding them. Sirius admits. You. You're more. Real like that. Still completely beautiful but in a way where Sirius feels he can reach out and touch Remus rather than watch him in awe. If you think that the scars will cause me to change my mind about being here, you're wrong. I just don't want you to have to hide these things from me. I want to see the real you. Remus looks surprised, happy at the words. Shy, almost. And here I expected to hide them for the rest of our lives, he admits. You're not what I expected. Now it's awe in Remus's eyes as he watches Sirius. Mine, he whispers, more to himself than to Sirius, and with that word, his lips curve into a wicked smirk and his eyes flash gold. The humans were right, because I don't believe any other human could ever come close to comparing to you. Sirius is dazed as his trousers are gently inched down, and his cheeks are red as his hard cock springs free from its confines, but Remus eyes it hungrily, before he leans in his tongue running over it. Flowers begin to sprout around them. Apple blossoms, smelling sweet. He breathes in deeply. I prefer you before all. What Remus isn't saying in words, the flowers are saying. 
Remus's gaze moves to his for a split second before the man's lips wrap firmly around his erection, and he takes it down. And Sirius cries out at the unfamiliar but very welcome sensation that he quickly realizes that he never wants to end. Around them, the grass sprouts beautiful red flowers and Sirius feels a tingle of his own magic. And he can't figure out if the flowers are his own or if Remus has caused them this time. Or maybe the flowers belong to the both of them. Because it's red salvia flowers that surround them as Remus's lips move off of him and fingers start to explore. Touching him in ways he's never felt before, but wants to feel again and again and again. Everyone knows what these flowers mean. Forever mine. Venite. Thanks for listening to this text-to-speech podfic composed by Burning Aurora.